I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training, and I offer transformational coaching. But that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning, and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life. Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. Hi, Amy. Hi, Lisa. So last week when we were speaking, I was recording from my place in San Diego where I was readying it to offer personal yoga therapy retreats there. And this week I'm speaking to you from the Okanagan Valley on the floor in my parents' home. (laughs) (laughs) This is where I lived after San Diego and before moving back to Vancouver. And um, I came back for my dad's birthday to pick up our dog that my parents were dog sitting and um, also to teach a wonderful class that I'll share about with you. And because I am here, I have somebody live on the floor with me that I am so excited to introduce to you and our listeners. But before we do that, I want to know from you, how am I finding you feeling today, body, mind, and heart? So my body, I am sitting in my bedroom in Columbus, Ohio, and it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. We have very humid summers, but we're very lucky today that the humidity is low. So it's just one of those beautiful summer days where you can get outside and enjoy our city. And my mind is good. I feel calm and grounded and my mind can be very busy with all the things that I do between the studio and family and working at the hospital. But today my mind is calm. I was at the studio earlier today and got to interact with all the students coming and going and the teacher had a beautiful class and it was really nice to be in that space to have the, the energy of the class. I didn't participate in the class, but I could definitely benefit from being in the space and listening to them chanting. And so that was really good for my mind and for my heart because Mm -hmm. it is such a beautiful community and it does fill my heart to be around the students and the teachers and the community there. So I'm in a good spot. How about you? You told me you told me where your body is. (laughs) How about your mind and your heart? I feel so similar to you because every time I come to town, I'm able to teach to the community that used to attend classes at Arise Yoga, the yoga studio that I used to run. And as I hear you speak, it's so similar when we get to reunite and I get to share yoga with them again when I'm in town. You know, it's not like a student teacher dynamic. It's more like, as my yoga therapy teacher says, it's more like seeing your friends in yoga. So last night I had the opportunity to teach at this incredible outdoor location on this beautiful yoga platform 
at uh, this resort called Predator Ridge Resort, and it's overlooking this amazing lake and mountains. I actually posted about it on my social media channels because it was just so beautiful, so incredibly inspiring. And speaking of heat, because it's very hot where I'm visiting as well, hot and dry, I taught a special class for pitta balancing, right? The part of our constitution that is fire, because we're definitely in pitta season here. And for those of us who are pitta, when it's pitta season, we can really tip over into irritation and frustration and control really easily. So I offered a lot of pacifying practices for that throughout the practice. And then I closed it off with an experience of aromatherapy in Shavasana. And I was able to do that because I had a customized blend specifically for my class created for me by the guest that I have here on the floor with me now. This person... Mm -hmm is one of my closest friends, and I also admire her so much. She is talented. She is gifted. She is a true healer. She leads from the heart. She is so incredibly kind. For those people in the Okanagan, you know this person because I had her into a rise yoga all of the time. She is the reason that my skin has improved so much in the last five years. She is a certified aromatherapist, a certified holistic aromatherapist. She's taught me so much, and I couldn't be more thrilled to have her on the show with us today. Sandra Detwiller, welcome. Thank you, Lisa, for that kind introduction. I just, I feel very humbled when I'm in your presence and you share from your heart about how you feel about me and my practice because. I think sometimes we don't realize the impact we have on other people. So thank you for that. Hi, Sandra. I have heard so much about you for for as long as I have known Lisa. She has always talked about you in such high regard. So I am just thrilled that I finally get to speak with you and meet you and talk to you today. I am excited too, Amy, because we do have a little treat for you at the end of this talk. So I'm excited to be here today and share with you. Oh, I can't wait. So the first thing, Sandra, that we want to ask you is share a little bit with us about what it means to be an aromatherapist the way that you are. How long did it take for you to become certified? What did you have to learn and know? It's interesting because I started out searching for a school because I wanted to create products that smelled lovely. (laughs) And so I embarked on this journey and I found the West Coast Institute of Aromatherapy and Beverly Hawkins is the instructor there. She's at the coast here in BC. And it was interesting because as soon as I got started, I realized this was bigger than I ever imagined. So this school is recognized by the British Columbia Alliance of Aromatherapy. So choosing a school that is recognized by an association is important. Um, And it was a self-directed program, so I was able to take the time I needed to do the program. I think I did about two years of studies, including aromatherapy bodywork, so massage component. But there was training in chemistry and physiology and toxicology and plant history and chemist, like anatomy, biology. And like I said, it just far exceeded what I thought I was going to be doing with aromatherapy. And by the time I finished, I had a completely different understanding of what it meant to look at this um, and come from a very holistic place. It sounds like you really took your time to find the right place and the right program for you on what you wanted to accomplish. Absolutely. And there's just no end to the studying. 
Um, the British Columbia Alliance of Aromatherapy offers continued education and going to these workshops and these conferences and staying current and reading the new research. Like it's just, you're forever learning. And I think that that's really important in whatever journey you are on. So Sandra, in what ways do you feel it's appropriate to use aromatherapy? It's interesting because I don't use essential oils as much or as often as one might think. I do use, like Lisa had mentioned, skincare. So I'm very gentle with what I use, um, use it into my bath and body routines, but I'm not diffusing oils all day, every day. I don't cook with oils. I don't do a lot with ingesting. Um, the most appropriate way for me to use aromatherapy is holistically. And that requires me to sort of tease out and go to the drawing board what it is that I'm hoping to achieve or create or cultivate or enhance or celebrate about myself or the journey or what it is I am intending. So creating clear, clear intentions. And if we are looking at blending for any sort of symptoms, perhaps it's a headache, perhaps it's digestion, looking a little deeper. Is my headache related to an upper limit issue? Is my digestion related to something in my experience that I'm not able to digest? Or is there an energy block? So going a little bit more to the root rather than just blending for ailments or symptoms, but blending from the heart holistically, mind, body, and soul. And my favorite way to use that is in a roller blend or a pulse point dropper bottle blend. And you just anoint your hands and you hold your intention close to your heart, you inhale, you exhale, and you incorporate that into your practice. You can deepen your practice and you can connect back to that blend at any point in time during your day when you need to be drawn back to feeling more grounded or remembering who you are or what it is that you're creating. When you feel that you're wavering or you're becoming uncertain, you can come back to that and that blend then has the ability to elicit that same calm, grounded response that it did when you were in your practice because of that scent memory um, connection, rather. Um, it's actually referred to as neuroassociative conditioning, and I am statements are very powerful to use with this, any affirmations. And it's the idea that scent goes directly to the limbic system in our brain and our limbic system we know uh, guides our thoughts, our feelings, our moods, our memories, our emotions. So connecting back to that blend that you've created for whatever intention it is that you want to cultivate is very, very powerful. That was beautiful the way you described that process that it felt almost ritualistic the way you were describing using the oil in such a way coming from the heart and using it throughout your practice during the day. So thank you for that. Absolutely, Amy. And um, yes, creating that ritual, I, I sometimes refer to it as creating magic, but mm -hmm. that's exactly how it's intended to be used. And it becomes such a practice and it deepens whatever it is that you're already using in your life. You spoke to it just a little bit, but explain to us how does aromatherapy actually work? And it's very powerful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a few ways it works. And one of my favorite is when somebody says, well, that's the placebo effect. I love the placebo effect because it tells us that we have the ability to heal ourselves. And I think that that's probably one of the most empowering places to come from when you're looking at self-healing. On more of a physiological standpoint, we do know that um, 
the aromatic molecules can enter into the brain and affect different systems in the brain. Um, it can affect systems in terms of like the endocrine system. It can work on your digestion. It works on your immune system. So the idea that you can connect to it and feel better from an emotional or energetic standpoint is powerful, but the way it actually works as plant medicine into your body also is very all-encompassing of healing from the healing power of nature. We asked you about ways that it's appropriate to use essential oils, and we put it out there on our social media that we were going to be interviewing you today, and one of our listeners wanted to know about using it for conditions like anxiety. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that is actually how I came to find aromatherapy the way I know and love it now. Um, I've always been connected to scent. I always enjoyed it. I found it pleasing. It made me sort of connect to that inner goddess self and feel pretty and graceful and feminine. Um, but it was after I had my daughter, I was experiencing postpartum anxiety and I was feeling very alone, very lost, very scared, very isolated. And when I embarked on this journey and started incorporating not just essential oils and scent, but whole foods and spices, uh, ginger and nutmeg, and it just really had a way of shifting me from a state of feeling overwhelmed, impending doom and gloom, to a place of feeling calm and back into my body, feeling a little safer, a little more secure. Uh, my meditation became that much more effective. So absolutely, there are essential oils indicated specifically for anxiety. A blend that I love to use includes sweet marjoram and vetiver and lavender together. But it absolutely depends on the person. What does their anxiety look like and feel like in their body? What is the root cause of the anxiety? Is it the thought process? Is it a transition? Is it a loss? So again, blending holistically you can absolutely alleviate that feeling of fear or anxiety, but you can also start to undo some of the pain and suffering that is locked in there on a deeper level. And when you are talking about blending and you mentioned those three oils, you mentioned sweet marjoram, vetiver, and lavender. lavender. You're speaking about using them by blending them into something called a carrier oil, right? It's not that you would just take those oils as they are, which you would refer to in your world as neat, right? Oils just as they are from the little bottle, they're neat. But you would recommend that if we're using them, that we're blending them into uh, another oil in order to dilute them a little bit? Absolutely. And again, it just depends on the person's condition, their age, their weight, their height, um, sometimes perhaps even gender, what the goal of the aromatherapy is as to what form, method, or dilution you will be receiving the essential oils in. So I have actually for acute conditions used essential oils neat on the skin um, intermittently, but for blending for somebody that is looking at managing anxiety, I might put that into a personal inhaler so they can have this aromatherapy to go as we call it and connect to that blend that you can tuck away into a private bathroom stall somewhere. If you're driving, you can use it in traffic. Uh, a pulse point blend uh, is a, a term that's coined by Amy Reedman at the blending bar. And that is something that you can put into your carrier, dilute that. And it just, again, the, the dilution, the percentage of the oils that you're using depends on the person and what you're using it for. And you just anoint, you anoint either 
your feet to feel more grounded and connected, or you can anoint your wrists and your palms and then just cup your hands to your face and take a deep breath in. You might place it on your shoulder to instill that sense of well-being into your body. As I'm listening to Sandra speak, Amy, aromatherapy and Ayurveda have so much in common because it's not about treating the symptom. It's about going to the root. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was really connecting to what you were saying, Sandra, about how you used the aroma during your postpartum phase. And then you also brought up ginger and nutmeg, and that really, um, you know, warmed my heart. Looking at the different properties of the aromas that you were talking about, as well as the properties of the foods and the spices, it's so holistic the way you're speaking, and it's it just warms my Ayurveda heart. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, and you know, Amy, it's not that I'm opposed to ingesting essential oils. I actually have on occasion where appropriate, but again, it's method, root, dose, dilution, all of those things kind of play, but essential oils are a part of the plant and they're a very powerful part of the plant, but the whole food, the whole plant, Mm -hmm. the whole whatever it is, is often where we benefit the most in terms Mm of, you know, healing our body. So incorporating everything together has been really effective for me. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that we think that a, a substance is, is good for us. And so we, we think that, oh, nutmeg or ginger, um, has a certain, what we call an Ayurveda pravav or how it affects the body. And so we think more is more where actually, if we just went to, like you said, the whole food, the whole plant where that center, that synergy happens, where that has that synergistic effect on the body, going back to the simplicity of it, I, I, that's what speaks to me the most. Absolutely. And less really is more. I mentioned that before in the world of aromatherapy. And sometimes that's maybe not going to serve my business if I'm telling somebody that your blend should actually last you six months. (laughs) You shouldn't come back and get anything else (laughs) for me for at least half a year. But it's true. And it creates a little bit more of an ethical relationship with what we're using as well. Sustainability is a big piece in our world of aromatherapy. There are certain essential oils that are very much endangered or not used at all anymore. And they're certainly not ethically sourced and produced. So if I'm going to have lemon water, I will use a lemon in my water and I can diffuse the lemon essential oil to create my bright, sunshiny happiness and cleanse the environment and the energy in the room. So Sandra, we know it's important to know where our, the oils we use come from. You spoke about sustainability and ethically sourcing. How can people make sure that they're using quality and ethically sourced oils? And can you share where you get yours from? This is such a big topic and big conversation. And I'm so glad you asked that question because a lot of times when we talk about where do we purchase our essential oils from, it comes up to brand. And truly, there is no brand when it comes to essential oils. The brand is mother nature. We're talking about plant material and we're talking about the relationship with the plant, how it's grown, the season the soil, the conditions, the geographic location, whether the oil was produced indigenous into the area that it grows in naturally, or if it was cultivated somewhere else. 
And I think that what I would guide everyone to do is to trust their intuition when they are seeking out a supplier, ask good questions. Um, I personally don't use any what I refer to as commercial or industrial essential oils. I'm going into a store. I don't know how long it's been sitting on the shelf, how it's been stored, how it's been cared for. Usually there's no date on bottles of essential oils that you're purchasing. So um, the chemical constituents in certain essential oils, particularly citrus oils, they do have a shelf life. They do expire. And that does change the therapeutic properties into the oils. I typically, if I want to talk about brand, the brand that I use is Valley Essentials because that's the company that I founded in 2013. And I know that Valley Essentials sources from all over the world. So I have small suppliers that I use and I carry in very small quantities and small amounts as well. Um, That's just my philosophy. I love, there's a company in Quebec that does a lot with Canadian essential oils, which in our Canadian climate, our growing season can be harsh for plants and trees, which actually creates a more potent and powerful essential oil because the plant is under stressed. And we typically go to, say, our Australian oils for uh, tea tree and eucalyptus for their therapeutic properties, which they are amazing oils. But we have to remember here in Canada, we have essential oils that are so powerful. Um, our fir, our pine, all of our tree essences, our spruce, there's goldenrod, um, which is a really actually a nice alternative to clary sage for hormone balance for women. So it's, again, that relationship with the supplier. And here in the Okanagan, we have lavender farms everywhere. So I encourage you, if you're local, go visit the lavender farm. If they produce essential oils there, ask if you can see their distillation equipment. Because again, that whole relationship with the plant should be slow and passionate and methodical, the way that the the plant is cared for and how it's harvested and how it's produced. Um, anything that's mass produced or produced quickly will not carry the same energetic frequency as something that is cared for from the heart. We couldn't have a conversation about aromatherapy without talking more about safety. What do we really need to know about being safe using essential oils around pets, around kids? Can you speak to that? Absolutely. And when it comes to learning about safety, what I really encourage everyone to do is learn about safety outside of anyone that's selling a product or a brand, including myself. When you are learning from someone that has no invested interest in what you're purchasing, then you know that you are getting unbiased information. And please don't take your aromatherapy studies from Facebook and Facebook memes. And I say that with love because I think we've all sort of got caught up in something that we've seen on social media and gone, oh my goodness, no. And the toxicity to cats is a perfect example. So I'll speak to animal aromatherapy first. Um, Carolyn Hughes is uh, an animal aromatherapist. She has resources available. If you have questions, you can refer. I use her as a reference when looking at aromatherapy around pets. But saying that say bergamot is toxic to cats, what are you talking about is important to understand. So are you talking about the cat ingesting it? Are you talking about topical? Are you talking about diffusing this essential oil in a closed space in a small room for hours on end? Typically, 
around pets, we're diffusing our essential oils in an open space, well ventilated, with an exit route for our fur babies to leave when they feel they've had enough. They have powerful instincts and scent, and they will leave and they will remove themselves. Putting essential oils on an animal is not something I'm trained in, so I don't talk to clients about how to do that. But I do, again, Carolyn Hughes as a reference I would use. Um, Amy Reedman at the Blending Bar, she has some aromatherapy that she has produced for cats and animals specifically. So again, it's just knowing sort of that safety piece and and taking that information from a specialist in that area. Um, Just even in terms of internal dosing, I've mentioned that I have ingested essential oils, but I will only do so for myself. It's beyond my scope of practice to suggest that for someone else. And I would have to ask them why they want to ingest. Because again, we can always come back to the whole food for those therapeutic benefits. Um, In terms of children, any children under five, we're just cautious with. Babies and infants, you don't necessarily need essential oils, floral, waters, or hydrosols. Those are actually the byproduct of the steam distillation, and they still carry trace amounts, residual amounts of the essential oil, very therapeutic for babies, colicky, massage. And then you can move into gentle oils. Think of those mothery, loving, nurturing oils, such as lavender and Roman chamomile, um, very much diluted into a nice carrier, again, for helping babies sleep or feel calm or helping with um, rashes and skincare and such. And I would only, if it comes to children, think about the more gentle oils until they're a little older. And it's not even about, you might hear brand, well, certain brands are safe for this, that, but other brands are. It's not about the brand. It's about the chemical constituents that are inside of the essential oil that make it safe or not. I love this advice. I love what you said about going to someone who doesn't have um, a vested interest in you buying from them that that right there is a very powerful statement that I think we could use in all areas of our life. You know, when we are trying to research something for ourselves or our families or our pets to really going to the experts, like you said, not going to Facebook, not going to our neighbors, but really going to somebody who has spent years learning about these strong properties, this powerful plant medicine and who has the best intentions for you past a sale, past getting your sale today. So I really appreciate you saying that. Well, thank you. And I feel that that is a powerful way for all of us to educate ourselves, like you said, in in anything that it is that we're doing or creating or searching for. So Sandra, what do you really want people to know about the use of essential oils? I would really love for people to know that aromatherapy is a tool. It's not a cure. And if anybody preaches the word cure to you about anything, we would want to take a step back because we know that there are just so many levels to our health and well-being. Aromatherapy is one of them. And the power that it has to shift you from one state to another is incredible if you are open to receiving it. So I think that all of us have had an experience where we have connected to an aroma. Uh, It could be baked bread, and it reminds us of grandma's kitchen. It could be the smell of rain falling on the pavement on a summer day, reminding us of when we were a little girl 
splashing into the puddles and you can almost transcend time and be back in that space with all the colors and scents and memories just so vivid and alive. And really scent and sound, music, those are the highest vibrational frequencies that our physical realm really have to offer in terms of communication with higher self. Whether you see that as receiving messages from guides or sending your prayers out to the universe or your intentions, it's just such a powerful way to allow that flow of communication and work with that energy. And that's why I think it's so powerful when you're producing these I am statements and really getting clear on what it is that you're wanting to cultivate, create, manifest, celebrate about yourself, what it is that you desire, dream of, and pair that scent with whatever it is that you're doing. And it can help you again to feel calm in those places where you're feeling anxious. It can help you to feel grounded when you're feeling busy in your thoughts and your mind. And it just can help you to remember who you are and be back in the body. And I can speak to that, Sandra. First of all, Amy, you mentioned having true and authentic intentions from the heart. And Sandra absolutely does when it comes to her sharing aromatherapy and the sessions that I have been lucky enough to have with her. I have gotten to deeper places when it comes to feeling completely relaxed and calm than any other times. And then being able to take that scent with me has enhanced my life in so many ways. So we're appreciating this conversation so much, Sandra. We have another listener question that's really interesting. Um, One of our listeners of the podcast says that she doesn't have a sense of smell and she's wondering if aromatherapy is still useful for her. Oh, absolutely. Um, As I mentioned, when you're connecting to essential oils, the aromatic molecules, these tiny little molecules go right through um, to the limbic system in the brain, right through your olfactory and just produce this response in your brain that starts to work on the certain systems in your body. And even energetically speaking, if you are talking about energy and frequency and intention, when you are even just applying that to your body or receiving it in a massage blend, I often will take my blend to my massage therapist and she will work with that intention as she's doing my body work. You can receive those healing benefits on that level. So you won't have necessarily that that connection to the essence But said preference, really, if you're talking about um, energy and physical healing, scent preference is a small portion of that. We're not talking about making beautiful aromas all the time that make us feel sensual or wearing it as a perfume. The therapeutic benefits will still be there regardless. A central theme of what we're hearing you speak about, Sandra, is that when it comes to essential oils, there's not really a one size fits all. What we don't know. And what I didn't know until I met you is how important it is for an aromatherapist to find out so much about you so that the blend is specific to your needs, your body, your lifestyle, and the root of whatever is going on with you. And so something that Sandra has offered throughout her career as an aromatherapist to me is one of the coolest things that I've ever experienced. And that is she has a beautiful session with you, um, a consultation where she's finding out so much, including your goals and your dreams. And then she's blending you a personal 
signature blend. It's just all yours to use to help you feel inspired and to help you manifest. I found it incredibly powerful and it's something that I've gifted to my friends over the years. And I have also gifted it to you, Amy. (laughs) Now, Amy has, as we speak about, a very full life. And so it's been hard for her to find a time to work with Sandra. So I just thought, you know what, let's just do it live in real time. (laughs) So I'm going to um, step away from the mic. I'm going to hand this over to Sandra. And I'm just so excited for all of our listeners to hear what it's like (laughs) to really work with a registered holistic aromatherapist. And please stick around because we're going to let you know how to get in touch with this incredible woman yourself. Take it away, Sandra. Okay, Amy. So I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to do this together. And I will just say, I mentioned in my training that I studied under the West Coast Institute of Aromatherapy, but I also took a really cool course with Jennifer Jeffries on intuitive aromatherapy. So I have aromatherapy insight cards that I will incorporate into our session. And I'm excited to ask you, some of the questions are going to be physical. We'll begin there and then we'll move more into emotional, energetic. And we already know that those layers (laughs) will come. I know that I create skincare and I don't often create skincare based on my skin conditions. I create it on my emotional and energetic conditions and that always gives me the best results. So that's what this is going to be all about for you. If you were sitting in an aromatherapist office right now and you had the opportunity to create a blend that was going to support you and your wellness goals, whether that's mind, body, soul, or a combination of all three, what would your primary goal or goals be for your session? I think one of the great works of my life is recovering from chronic grief or a broken heart. And I find that as I continue to work with my heart, there's a fear of putting my heart out there or or to feel joy or to feel happiness for fear that I will get my heart broken in some way. So I have a very, I'm very protective of my heart to a fault. And that's one of the things that I really want to continue to work on because I don't want to live with a closed heart or, you know, feel like I need to keep my heart behind a protective barrier. So if essential oils or aromatherapy could help me in that realm, that would be amazing. Absolutely. I'm just making notes all right now because I already have some ideas for you. We already know that you are a holistic practitioner yourself. So what are the other ways that you take care of your health or work towards achieving this wellness goal? I do have a consistent yoga practice. I have even more so a consistent meditation practice. I try to be mindful of the food's that I eat as much as my schedule allows. I I have the knowledge and then, you know, trying to be compassionate when I fall short on meeting my goals with food, whole foods, but I know, I know what makes me feel good and what doesn't. And so I tend to try to be mindful of that. I spend time with my loved ones 
I feel like that keeps me healthy and young. And I do make a point to spend as much time as I can with my grandbabies. They keep you young. They keep me young. Yes. And I, I like to always be learning something. I try to be mindful of my brain health. And so I do get a lot of joy out of learning new things or taking on new tasks. And I, I feel like part of that is I like to always be learning something because I feel like that is also a key to health, to my mental health, my brain health. Okay. So if we were doing body work, we would talk a little bit about accidents, injuries, aches, and pains. But since we're not, I will ask the question if there's physical, any physicality to your symptoms at all right now. So any area that is tense or uncomfortable, because that could be Again, that layer of what is the root cause of our pain? I don't have any chronic pain. I am sensitive to, um, I do get headaches and I can usually identify what brought it on. So I am sensitive to smells or foods. Um, I think even some like preservatives. Um, so I, I, if I had any physical ailment at all that I could identify as I get very, I would say infrequent. They're not frequent at all, but I can identify usually a trigger. Um, So I do get headaches now and again. So kind of perhaps more environmental and where do you Mm -hmm. feel the headache? Would it be a tension or would it be all over? I get two different kinds of headaches. I get a tension headache um, that I can feel in the back of my neck that goes straight through and out my eyeballs. (laughs) And then I also get a a different kind of headache that's just in my right temple. Um, And that seems to be more of the triggering. Like if I'm triggered by a food or a smell, um, that seems to be the one that, that appears more. Okay. And are there any medications that I should note that you would be comfortable sharing here? (laughs) I don't take any medications regularly. I do take some Ayurvedic herbs Mm -hmm periodically, but not on a daily basis. Okay. Is there any heart condition I should note? Just my broken heart. Yes. (laughs) Um, And any concerns with back or spine? No. Any swelling into the joints or the feet? No. Any concerns with circulation or varicose veins? My blood pressure does tend to run a little on the low side. That's the only circulatory, um, thing that I can think of. Okay. And do you experience symptoms from that? Like dizzy spells when you stand up or lightheadedness? Only if I'm not well hydrated. You mentioned environmental triggers for your headaches. Um, you mentioned possibly some scents, which are probably more of the synthetic sense. Are there any other allergies that you might have? No, I have no allergies. Any concerns with thyroid glandular issues? No, thyroid, hypothyroid runs in my family, but not for myself. And no history of any sort of seizure disorder? No. And how do you tend to feel sinus, nose, throat, respiratory? Um, I feel I don't have sinus issues. I might get a seasonal cold maybe once a year. And it's usually some bug that a toddler has passed along to me. So I those, are <laughs> yes. the most vicious, those are the most vicious colds that you can get when they, they have incubated in a two-year-old. Um, but other than that, no, no sinus issues. Or 
And do you have any concerns around reproductive, menstrual, uh, perimenopause, menopause, anything like that hormonal? I've gone through menopause. My concern around that is just to be able to support my bone health um, in the future. That speaks to me a little bit just when you're talking about physical structure, strength, um, you know, and we sometimes we underestimate our strength and energetically an oil that I use to work with recognizing our power and our strength is time and time's also a beautiful oil in the massage. So that is sort of how I would layer mm. through this process, but we'll still, we'll still move through the questions and get there. Um, how does your skin tend to be? Is it dry, oily, normal, or combination? I would say it's pretty normal. I have been very lucky with my skin as far as I was never a person that tanned. And so I feel like my skin is in very good shape. Um, I do use oil on my skin. So I don't, and I, and that does very well with my skin. So I don't feel like my skin is oily. Um, it maybe could get a little on the dry side, but not terribly. Okay. It's pretty normal. I love that you said that you use oil on your skin and your skin is not oily because the oil cleansing method is absolutely my favorite way to nourish my skin. And it's it always sounds counterintuitive. Why would you do that washing your face with oil? But it's such a gentle, beautiful way to balance and mm. nourish. It feels so luxurious when I when I, mm. I do oil baths very frequently and massage my whole body with oil. And it just it makes my skin feel so good. And I, and like you said, I don't have, it doesn't leave an oily residue or I don't feel like I'm, no, you know, greasy all day long. It just really makes my skin very soft. And, and I really like the effects of using oil over my entire body. And that's another way to create that ritual, right? You were talking about aromatherapy mm-hmm. and having that practice and creating that ritual kind of experience. It's that step away just to create that little mini sanctuary or retreat for yourself where you pamper yourself in that way and nurture yourself in that way. So that's very mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Your stress levels on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, where do you tend to sit for your stress levels? I can lead a pretty high stress life. I would think an eight. Okay. And the high stress life and being busy, there's eustress. Eustress is a stress that drives us to create and achieve. And it doesn't necessarily have those negative effects in our body, like cortisol levels going up, et cetera. So your stress levels, if they're sitting at an eight, how does that feel in your body? It feels tense. It can feel fast. My brain can feel very quick. Like I'm processing multiple important things at the same time or trying to facilitate or accomplish or solve multiple things at once. I can find, and this is maybe goes back to where the tension headaches come in, um, but they're not often, but I can, that's kind of a, a, a clue that I've tipped, I've tipped over into too much is if I do get like a tension headache. And what is it now that you will typically do if you feel that headache coming on as a symptom? What does that signal to you to do? To rest, um, to take a take a shower. I will ret- remove myself from the world. Basically, I will I will become a little more introverted. Um, I will get quiet. I will do less that day. Um, so really, going inward 
and not so much outward. I, I find that I actually get tension headaches Mm -hmm. if I'm around too many people also (laughs) like big groups of people or a lot of talking or I found in the beginning of when I was teaching, I would get a tension headache, um, being Mm -hmm. like on quote unquote on stage that could, that could cause me to get a tension headache. And I believe that we also absorb a lot of the energy of other people in those bigger crowds or spaces. And if you're feeling that Mm -hmm. you're, like you said, quote unquote, on stage, you're in the ring and you can't take that break. Do you see yourself? Because when we talk about aromatherapy, we also look at compliance. What is a method that you would use most consistently, most often? Do you see yourself as someone who would benefit from having more of a personal inhaler where you could just go and take that break and be introverted and be still and quiet your mind and your thoughts and take a moment to breathe using something like that when you're in a crowded space? If it's something that you can't immediately leave, do you feel that that would be a benefit to you? I do. And I, I, I find that I put essential oils on like my jewelry mm-hmm. quite often so that I have a, an essence of it with me on me so that I can quickly like put my wrists to my face or um, some way tap into that, that aroma to, to take a pause. Beautiful. Your sleep on average, does it tend to be poor average or really, really great? I am a huge sleep advocate. So my sleep tends to be really, really great. I love that. I love sleep. (laughs) I love sleep too. I think it's one of the best healers ever. And it's my first go-to when I'm not feeling right. And when you wake in the morning, do you typically feel rested? I do. And your energy levels throughout the day? They're good. They're good. What are your scent preferences, Amy? Do you prefer floral or more earthy or woodsy or citrus or spicy? I like subtle floral. If it's too flowery, it can be too much, but I do like um, floral. I do. I like rosewood. I do like sandalwood. I can be drawn to the, like the spruces or I I like some of those as well. I think it depends on like the time of day. Also for me, what scent might be more appealing, whether it's something that I need to be a little more energetic. So I, I can really find that is a strong indicator for me on what scent I'm drawn to is, is time of day or what my energy level is requiring at that time. Absolutely. Because you wouldn't want to use something that's super stimulating right before sleep. And in the morning, Mm -hmm. you don't want to be too sedated. And you mentioned that sort of cognitive health of keeping your mind sharp and your mind always learning. Rosemary is a really great essential Mm -hmm. oil for that. They are actually doing a lot of research into rosemary and age-related mental decline now, such as Alzheimer's. But just in terms of keeping our brain focused and conscious, it's a really powerful essential oil. So it is one that you could use to a morning practice to enliven and invigorate and feel stimulated and sharp throughout the day. It's a symbol of scholarly learning as well. Uh, Bay laurel is another one. But with the rosemary, energetically, or more of the metaphysical benefit is around creativity mm. and manifesting and creating the, the life and the environment in the colors and pictures that you choose. Mm, I love that. Are there any other emotional areas that you would choose to address? I would like to incorporate more joy. Well, I always say 
some people will say there's an oil for that and not necessarily always <laughs> true, but definitely when it comes to cultivating, creating, enhancing joy, there are lots of essential oils that help with that for sure. So Amy, this next part of our session would be again guided with a little bit more energy work. I would probably already have you um, maybe anointing yourself with an essence if you had one that you chose, or if we were together, I would create a little bit of a diffuser blend for us to do this quiet space together. But for now, whether you're seated in a chair or on the floor, like Lisa and I are, if you could just really start to close your eyes and get a sense of where you are and just a sense of really, truly belonging, feeling supported by whatever surface it is that you're connected to, feeling held and supported and cared for. And then I would like you at this point just to sort of move your shoulders forward and then shrug them up to your ears, back behind, squeezing those shoulder blades together and then just dropping them down so they rest gently and just take that pressure off. The weight of our world is often carried on our shoulders, our emotions we can see in our shoulders. So just letting that chest open and that heart open, be open to feeling safe. And at this point, I would like you to take your head and just move it back to open the throat chakra, just to as is comfortable. And then bring it slowly, softly back just until it's resting on top of your shoulders, feeling light, feeling that alignment, even if you can send your awareness moving down your spine, right through to your sits bones, really softening that tummy, just really allowing it to relax. Go ahead and try to drop the shoulders even a little bit more, soften the space between your eyes, your crown, your jaw, relax your throat. There's nothing more you need to be, do or have in this moment. On your next inhale in, I want you to fill the belly like a balloon with air and then hold that breath at the top for three, five, six seconds and as you exhale to sink in just a little bit more and be open to receiving whatever it is that you were meant to receive here today and there is a little bit of a lie that we tell ourselves particularly about our heart and that is that it can be broken or closed our heart our heart energy center is so so very powerful. It has the ability to not only heal others, but it has the ability to heal ourselves and protect ourselves. The only thing that can close our heart is the belief that somebody has the capability of doing that. So even just guide your hands to hold your heart center right now. Just breathe into this space of healing and beauty, visualizing the color green visualizing protection, security, and feeling protected enough to take risks, to know that no matter what happens in our emotional, physical experiences, that our heart will never close. It will continue to heal all of us. And as you breathe through this experience, drop out of the thoughts Allow them to move through and give yourself permission 
to not be busy in the mind. Just almost imagine a gentle, nurturing soul whispering for you to be quiet in your thoughts, just hushing you and lulling you, allowing you to feel safe in the space of nothing, of doing nothing, of enoughness, resting in that. Amy, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to draw three aromatherapy insight cards for you just to see what comes up. They may be something we would choose to incorporate into your blend, or it may just be a message you need to hear in this moment. And if we were spending our session together, this would be an opportunity for us to do an in-depth 11 card draw, a reading that really takes time to work through what are your priorities and then what are the universal priorities. For today's purposes, we will choose three cards and we're just going to see, we're just going to play here and just see what comes up. Mm, So the first card that I chose for you is geranium. And geranium is all about balance. It removes the shoulds. It removes the have tos. It balances work with play. It balances our logical analytical self with our intuitive guided self creates balance and symmetry in all areas of our life, even our mood, our emotions, our skin, our hormones, our thoughts. And it is very much a part of the goddess culture. And in these tiny, beautiful, subtle amounts, it is an essential oil that I use always. It's elegant, it's graceful, it's loving, and it's nurturing. The next card that was chosen for you is patchouli, and I will send you images so that you can see these beautiful illustrations created by Karen Osborne, who is another founder of the Aromatherapy Insight Cards. The next oil is patchouli, and patchouli is all about unity, and similar to geranium in a way where it unites our heart with our head, it unites all areas of our existence, it unites us with others, in terms of thinking community, connectedness, humanity, belonging. And of course, we know this is all about feeling grounded and rooted into the earth, deep, deep root connections. And it's also an essential oil that we use in prosperity rituals. And the third oil that was chosen for you is pine. And pine is all about self-worth, self-love, the image in this card, again, I will send to you, but this is so beautiful. It's a woman hugging herself. I am loved. I am lovable. I am worthy of receiving love. I am loving. I am protected. And the idea of using pine through this idea of love and protection is that pine is an evergreen. So it has the ability to endure all seasons, all storms, all weather. It has been around for many incarnations of the soul. It has watched the comings and goings of mankind, and it is held there firm and strong. When you walk in the forest, you know you feel protected. And that is the same connection you get when you feel that self-worth and self-love directed towards yourself. So I might even ask you in this moment to think about That unconditional love, you already mentioned family is such a big piece of your life, that unconditional love you feel for your family, whatever that feels like in your body, in your heart, to turn that and mirror it back to yourself, unwavering, unshaking, unconditional. 
You can use an I am statement here silently. You can say, I love you, Amy. You can remind yourself that you're safe. And just continue to breathe. And I'm going to ask that at one more point during the session, you just inhale again, filling up your chest, expanding that heart chakra, feeling secure and confident and rooted and safe, holding your breath on the inhale for six seconds. And when you're ready, exhale and allow all these intentions just to be sent to the universe with love. The oils that came up for you, your energy was so clear. Your intentions were so clear because those were so perfect. The idea of the nurturing and the protection and the grounding and removing the thought process just long enough to feel still and safe and protected. And the other oils that I thought of for you as we were talking, absolutely another floral scent, but blended very, very subtly is beautiful and healing for the heart is rose. The essential oil of rose has that ability to remove apathy, shame, guilt, jealousy, like all of those kind of mixed up heart emotions or insecurities that come into our heart in terms of relationship. It is such a beautiful healing oil and it connects us to higher sources of love, universal love, unconditional love. Each card that you pulled was so spot on. I just felt every time you started talking about a card and all its properties, I was like, absolutely 100%. And then you would pull the next card and I was like, no way. That's so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. And you know, when you feel really connected to the reading Mm -hmm. like that, those would be the oils for you. We can look at other therapeutic properties to use separately. Like you said, maybe rosemary is an oil that you would like to use in the morning with your Mm -hmm. practice. Uh, Perhaps rose is something that you would use to anoint on heart chakra on days where you're feeling that scarcity or that fear around a broken heart or you're wanting to mend or having a ritual practice around mending. Mm -hmm. Um, Grapefruit is definitely an essential oil that I would add to this blend for you because it does allow and encompass joy and it removes sort of any negative thinking. It cleanses that negative emotion or thought patterns that can be held in our body mm-hmm. and allows for joy and prosperity conscious to flow. So that would be a way that I, now how would you see using this essential oil? You mentioned that you like baths. So when I create a custom blend for somebody, it can be aromatherapy to go. It can be something that you use to anoint your palms, your wrists during practice. It could be in a massage oil. It could be in a solar salt bath blend. I would use it probably to anoint um, myself, especially during rituals or practices. Beautiful. So if you're open to receiving, I know that Lisa has gifted this to you. I'm happy to create this blend for you in a carrier, in a little dropper bottle so you can Take your intentions when you're seated on your mat and you roll the bottle and you warm it to throw your intentions into the blend to create that synergy, that connection to allow your energy to work with the energy in the bottle. You then place a few drops into your hand, rub your hands, rub your wrists, bring them to your face, breathe in deeply, just like we did here today. And then when you've received your blend, we would do what we call the aromatic connection exercise where we build on that concept of neuroassociative conditioning, where we create the I am statements, where you create that emotion and connect to your oil so that in absence of your practice, that blend will still elicit that response.
Mm, I love that. I can't wait to get it. (laughs) I really feel that Sandra has done such a beautiful job of showing how she can offer an amazing session and she doesn't even have to be in the room with you. And so you would be sent this oil and she schedules that follow-up session with you. Now, in this case, I can actually bring Amy's blend to her because I'm heading to her in September and we're going to be teaching together. And I also think that we would love for you to create a blend for our workshop that we're offering at Amy's studio at Radiant Yoga and Wellness. Um, we're offering the Radiant Warrior Workshop. So it's going to be all about how to use yoga and Ayurveda to continue to reclaim our courageous hearts and to uh, soothe that anxious mind and body. So we would love that as well. Absolutely. Because I have a little bit of a background in that and there are definitely essential oils that are indicated for your constitution. So Often I just work with balancing, whatever it is that you are, just work with that balance. But there are times where we need to increase, or if something is in excess or feeling aggravated, then we would want to decrease. And essential oils all have characteristics and constituents that work with either increasing, decreasing, or balancing. This has been such a treat for me, Sandra. I have been looking forward to forward to this session with you for so long. And it was so much more than I could have ever imagined. Thank you so much. I am so happy that I was able to be here and blend with you today, blend with you energetically and emotionally, and to be able to blend these beautiful essences for you. Yeah. And like Lisa said, even though we're not in the same room, I really felt that you knew what I needed what I need. And it, and it doesn't have to be us being in the same room, even that it was so effective, even just through this, just by being across, you know, the airwaves with you. Absolutely. But that's you, that's your energy and intention. And so if somebody is really clear and open, that's the magic that can happen. And, you know, having that understanding of somebody's scent preferences is key because if you're going to connect to something, If it's more for therapeutic, you don't usually mind what the aroma is, but you want it to be pleasing if it's something you're going to use in a practice. And I think that that's important to note preferences ahead of time. But even if a blend is received and somebody says, you know, I love it, but I can recreate that. I can absolutely, if somebody said, oh, it's just got too much of the rose, or I'm feeling like it's not enough of, we can always work together to recreate it so that it becomes that tool that you will use because that's part of compliance too with any practice we have to resonate. It was so incredibly moving to be even around this session and be in Sandra's peaceful presence. And what was very touching for me as the three of us have talked uh, for this time is how we're really supporting one another too Mm -hmm. as women. Women celebrating women and supporting each other. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. And I I would just want everybody to know how to work with you, Sandra. And as you've displayed here so beautifully, you do not need to live locally to Sandra. She is available to anyone, anywhere. If you are interested in having a personal blend, if you are interested in enhancing your life with the use of aromatherapy. So please tell everyone how they can reach you. And we will also have that included in the show notes of this episode. Beautiful. Well, having taken a little step away from my practice for a while and now lovingly coming back to it because time and space has allowed that to happen, 
I do not have my website available at this time. It is being updated. However, you can reach me at blendingintentions at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at Blending Intentions, Healthy Intentions. That's my Facebook page. And you can always just give me a call and it's 250-503-6717. I can't recommend working with Sandra enough. About five years ago, she taught me how to cleanse my face with oil and I used to suffer from acne and no longer. Mm-hmm. So you've you've added so much to my life, both because of essential oils and just because of your presence. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you, Amy. And it was so good, to, like I said, to meet you, but I'm sure that we will meet in person soon. I'm sure we will. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior Podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.